The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome. Welcome to Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you imagine right now, right now, living a life of peace in this moment? Because you know that this moment is part of the everyday, right? This moment right here. Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, everyday peace is possible. Yes, you deserve everyday peace and yes, you can have everyday peace. Stop right there and just accept that. No matter what's going on in your life, it starts with your acceptance. So accept that. We accept a whole bunch of stuff, right? That may or may not be true, but this is true. So make that decision to accept that everyday peace is one, possible. Everyday peace is two, deserve it to be in your life. You deserve everyday peace. And three, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. Now, if you missed last week's show, you gotta, gotta go back and listen to last week's show. We had the delightful Calvin Acker, who is the CEO of Glimpse. Now, Calvin is a junior at UCLA, and he and some of his um, students, colleagues there, uh, created a dating app called Glimpse. And it's revolutionizing the way that dating is going on on the Internet. I encourage you to um, go back and listen to that show. We also had Sebastian Siegel. Now, Sebastian is best known for his role on Tyler Perry's um, The Haves and the Have-Nots. But he was on our show to discuss his new movie that he uh, directed. And it is called Grace and Grit. And if you have not seen Grace and Grit, let me encourage you to do so it will redefine how you view and use the word love and life it for me was an ugly tear cry movie but it was uh, revolutionary revolutionary in, in a way that 
Um, it's hard to put into words, but he did such a great job talking about the role of love in our lives on the show last week and the different stages of love. So, and I think if you go back and listen to that show, I'm smiling now because it will really um, open our eyes up to what love is supposed to do. And some of those things we say, oh, this is too hard. This is, you know, go back, listen to the show. I think you will enjoy that, those two interviews, and you will definitely enjoy the movie, um, Grace and Grit. If you did miss those shows, you can access the, that show and our entire library of shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can listen to them on the UnityOnlineRadio.org website. Another great place that you can access our entire library of show plus so much more is our new and improved website, which is www.drdravonjames.com. This website includes not only show transcripts for past shows, it has words of wisdoms and encouragement. It has excerpts from my book, Freedom is Your Birthright. It has contact information. You can get free courses there. It is an amazing resource. I encourage you to go there. Uh, a huge thank you to you guys. You, you know, my heart always smiles when I go and I read, um, go through my emails, and I see emails to uh, me from listeners. So please, if, if that is your preferred way to contact me, you don't have to stop because it makes my heart happy. It's at Drayvon James at G, at Yahoo. Excuse me, Drayvon James at Yahoo.com. It's a Gmail. Give me a second. At yahoo.com, straightonjames at yahoo.com. So that's that's how you can contact me there. But it's a okay. Um, a lot of you have started sending me messages on the website, and so I like that as well. So it is the website is where you can find out and get questions answered really really quickly because that's checked most frequently. And there are the con um, the comments that we get there and the questions that we get there and everything that you want to know about me, about our coaching program. Yes, I've got questions about our leaders in high heels, so you can get lots of information about that there. And I want to just tell you something that I told you last week. You know, this is absolutely true. <laughs> we're even further along into 2021. And so we're halfway through the year and just hearkening back to our anthem for 2021. The anthem was, what are we waiting for? That is currently still our anthem. We're still in 2021, although we're quickly coming to the end of it and so if we're still waiting and it's August we need to stop waiting we need to decide make a decision and get started today taking action on creating the life of your dreams repairing the relationships that, that you need to repair deciding to move on from things that you need to move on from deciding to build new things and exciting things that you need to start building that are in your heart and your soul to do so making those decisions makes a difference we bring you the guests that help us help you help me help us to make those decisions right to take that action and then move forward and today, our guest will do just that. We have Lakita Carroll. She is going to be talking to us about strategies to help parents rebuild and enjoy their relationships with their teens. And we have Paul Octroloni, 
who is going to be talking to us about the hardship, the mental hardship, the impact of the coronavirus on our adolescents. So um, there is a lot of great information here to help us kickstart our, our journey into creating relationships that we want to have in our life, repairing relationships that we want to have repaired in our life. We're going to be focusing on a lot of that today. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment and um, share with you our everyday peace moment. You all know that we gather here together as a group of everyday peacemakers. And I hope that title, I hope you you wear that title with a badge of honor. You are an everyday peacemaker, whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. That describes you. That's the energy that you bring to situations, right? So that's, that's who we are, everyday peacemakers. I take a lot of pride in being part of this group. And our show, as you know, is designed to inspire, to teach, and to encourage, but most importantly of all, to shed light on the path to the door for us to go and build, be the catalyst for the life that we want to have. We're not waiting for permission. We're not waiting for outside validation. We're making that decision and we're moving forward to it because we are everyday peacemakers. The world is waiting for us to do these great things in our health, in our wealth, in our relationships. So last week we talked about some steps that we need to take to let go of the past and stand in this moment and start building the life that we want. And the number one thing we talked about last week was the need to stop taking everything personally. Someone likes us, someone doesn't like us, someone smiles at us, someone doesn't smile at us. And those things are impacting how we show up in our life, right? Take nothing personally. Assume that everything is for our greater good. That's number one. That was what we talked about last week. This week, I want to tell you that the tip we're giving for letting go of the past and standing in this moment and getting active on, uh, what's the term? Carpe diem, seizing the moment, right? Carpe diem, seizing the moment, taking advantage of everything that we have today to create the life that we want. The tip for today is to stay tuned into this moment so that you do not miss the magic that is occurring in this moment. You know how we do that. We get so focused on what all the problems are, we miss the great things that are happening. We miss the great things that are happening. You know, um, i give you a quick example from my day to day. Many of you know that I run a hospital uh, pharmacy. It's a huge organization and it's a huge undertaking. And today in the midst of so many meetings, I stressed out to the max, right? And I realized something in that moment. I didn't, you know, I got a glimpse of the magic that had occurred, that I actually was up to date on everything. How That's like the moon and the stars aligning. I looked at my to-do list in the middle of this meeting. I glanced down because, you know, everything's virtual now because of COVID pandemic. And there was nothing left that wasn't scratched out for today. Magical. Don't miss the mat. There are some great things happening in the midst of everything that you're doing, in the midst of all the so-called problems. Stay tuned. Keep your eyes and your heart open for the magic that is occurring right now in your life. And that is our Everyday Peace Moment. With that, we're going to go to our first fabulous guest of the hour. That is, now I want to say this right, you correct me, <laughs> Bakita Carroll. She is going to be talking to us today about um, repairing relationships with our teens. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing, Dr. Drayvon? 
I am great. How are you today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I, I got to tell you, I'm, ex I'm excited for this topic. I have two um, teens, I guess you would call them young adults, or a freshman in college and a senior in college. So these strategies to help parents rebuild and enjoy their relationships with their teens is um an exciting topic. I know not just for me, but for um, all parents, because we the teen years are difficult, aren't they? Uh, teen years can be difficult, but they can also be a great source of joy. Um, I noticed in your introduction, you talked about peace and having peace in our lives. And when we have a good relationship with our teenagers, we definitely can have peace in our lives. So um, with that being said, you know, if we go to into this stage, of development thinking this is going to be hard we're probably going to have a hard time but if we go into this stage with an open mind maybe not so much i love it i love it that's so true if it's if you say it's hard it's hard if you say it's easy it's going to be easier i absolutely love it so tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started working with um, this very very important uh, demographic of our population okay so i've been a therapist for 20 years plus and um, there was someone who called me out of the blue. They didn't even know I was a therapist, and, but they knew my daughter. And they said, I would like for you to teach parenting classes. And so I was like, okay, we can do that. So we started a little um, a ministry for, for Christian parents. It's called Parents Train Up, and you can reach it at parentstrainup.com. And we went around and we did like a six-hour workshop for parents of teenagers. And so um, that's how I got started with it, and I have a passion for it. And to see parents, you know, the light go off in their eyes as they recognize that there are some things that they're doing that they could do a little better and some things that they could drop that were hindering their relationships with their teenagers. Oh, I love I love that. And I, and I have been on your wonderful website and your know, parents train, uh, train up, and I think that's mm -hmm. a great way for um, people to start out. Now, you mentioned that, it is for Christian parents. Do you, mm -hmm. do you also have, you know, people from other faiths take advantage of? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You know, I guess I should just say parents in general. You know, we started there. It, we started with Christian parents, but anybody can use these principles. You know, Dr. Dravon, I believe in simplicity, not major. All the stuff that I'm going to say, parents are like, oh, I can do that. I can do it. It's so easy. Um, and sometimes it may be complicated by trauma in the parent's life, trauma in the child's life, but we're going to just talk about a basic relationship today um, that you can, even if there's trauma, you can use these simple, simple strategies to, um, to enhance your relationship with your, with your teenagers and with your small children. Oh, I, I love it. And you mentioned something that you keep it simple and that may, that helps you keep it duplicatable in, in my mind. As if it's simple, it's mm -hmm. duplicated. So developing relationships with children and teens is the best way to reduce problems. I got to say that in a household, it, that is so true. If you can develop those relationships, it will keep reduce problems. So what mm -hmm. are the benefits of a good relationship that you've seen um, with, teen, with your teen? Well, it enables you to enjoy your children. That's the first thing. You learn that you can literally enjoy teenagers. You can have a relationship with um, 
your having a relationship with them, it builds their self-esteem and their self-confidence. So, you know, we're always asking, you know, how do I build my child's self-esteem and self-confidence? You know, within the confines of a, a good, healthy relationship, their self-esteem will naturally flourish and self-confidence. Also, it helps them you to understand your child better. And that's coming from a place of understanding rather than um, authority and dogmaticness. You know, that is really the key when you uh, can approach your children with compassion, with kindness, even if you have to discipline or you, you may not like uh, something they've done, then you can still have compassion and you can still be kind. And also uh, they learn to trust you. And I think at the, at the root of most relationships, whether it's husband and wife, children and parents, you know, even in your work relationships, there must be that element of trust. And if there is not the element of trust, then there's no reason whatsoever for children or teenagers to try to, um, I'm going to say this word, this may not be the best word, to please you or support you or to even follow you. There's no reason because they can't trust you. Oh, you just hit on something that, like you said, that trust factor goes across um, all relationships, whether they be personal relationships or business relationships. Once the trust goes out the window, the relationship goes down the drain. So what behaviors are, are, do you see are most destructive in building a relationship with your children, particularly your teenagers? Okay. Um, you know what? One of the things that people continue to do, no matter how many times they've heard this, is to label their children. And you know, Dr. Drayvon, this can happen right at the birth of a child. It can happen this simply without people even noticing when someone says, oh, that baby reminds me of so-and-so, Uncle Mookie, Aunt uh, Julie, whatever the name But with that, because as soon as that comes out your mouth, then there is put on this child a label. And that label, depending, if you love Aunt Julie, it's good. But if you hate Aunt Julie, it's not so good. The baby at that point is going to may um, get to have some problems just because. And then we have the usual labeling, like you're stupid, you're dumb. You know, and we can say those things without actually saying them. For example, you can say, you know, um, did you do, did you, did you really set the trash out? That's, a, that's you know, um, kind of saying, I don't trust you. I don't believe you. I don't think you did it. So, you know, or you're not trustworthy. So some of some things that we do innocently actually contributes to some major problems. Oh, and then, you know, that just made me smile because, you know, as parents, right, and we all, the beautiful thing about being a parent is you must have first been a teenager, right? <laughs> so you do have some evidence of knowing that, yeah, that is true. You know, we didn't, we, we didn't like that as a teen. Like if your mom mm-hmm. or somebody said, you know, you're like somebody that they, you know, they didn't necessarily like, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, right. or if they questioned you. But I got to ask for all the parents who are listening, what if the teenager is just not trustworthy? Then how do you communicate that, you know, in a way that is authoritative, corrective, and loving? Okay, so you're saying what if the teenager is indeed not trustworthy? Right. Well, you're going to take, about, you're probably, you go mentioned ahead. about, you know, 
did you take the trash? And we've all said that with that tone, like that condescending tone. Did you really take the trash out? You know, when they say, oh, yes, I took it out. And they're still playing a video game. They know they didn't take that trash out. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they have no, they didn't take it out last night. They're not taking it out tonight. <laughs> and so you have. Okay. So, so there it is, Doc. There it is, Dr. Draymond. Then we cannot put the, the, um, the young person in a position where they can lie to us. Don't do that. Go look at the trash, come back and simply say, you didn't set the trash out, turn the game off and, and set it out right now. Once the child gets used to, or the teenager, whoever, gets used to the fact that every time I am going to be, I'm not putting them in that position anymore. I am not going to give them the opportunity to be untrustworthy. So period, that's the way it is. So it might come down to, you know, uh, let's say this is extreme that you found a gun in your son's room or daughter's room. They have something in there that's not supposed to be in there. Okay, so now a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't go through the child stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Well, okay, if you have that type of behavior going on, that child needs to know there's going to be, you know, these variety times where I'm going to come in and check out what's going on in here because that's important. That's very, very important. So we, the number one thing is don't put them in the position where they can be untrustworthy. I, I, yes. So you will not give them your car. If they were speeding and they got five tickets and they have no way to pay for the tickets, they shouldn't have the car. It's simple. We're not, and not because I'm punishing you, I'm just not going to put you in a position where you can hurt yourself and hurt me. So I'm going to, I'm going to be careful and just close off those avenues and stuff. And if they say, well, you don't trust me, you say to them, I'm rebuilding trust. That's what we're doing. Oh, I love it. You're right. These tips are, they are keeping a smile on my face. I'm rebuilding trust, right? So parents get that, get that phrase in your tool chest. I'm rebuilding trust with you. And this is the way to do it. And that example was so good. It's like, you do not put the child in a position where they can lie to you. You already know the answer. So go ahead and present it. You know, I love that. So, and, and I wish we, you know, had more time. We're all, we got six minutes, but there's so much more. I'm sure parents, um, are really itching for more solutions. So let's talk a little bit about um, using education to build your relationship with children. What approach should a parent use to teach their teenager? You're right. This is so short. I mean, this stuff, I can go and talk forever. You know, this is like six hours, so you know I have a lot to say. But uh, what approach should we use? First of all, non-judgmental stance, you know, Let's not get caught up in if the answer is right or wrong or whatever. Let's start because, you know, learning can't, first of all, it comes in so many ways. You know, if you take your child on a camping trip, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole slew of words that you're going to use that you don't use in everyday life with the extensive child's vocabulary. So giving them experiences that you guys both can enjoy is one way. A second way is to, um, Taking that non-judgmental stance, you know, he's not smart, he's not dumb, we're just going to learn this situation together, you know. And, some, and, and then giving them credit for what they do know, you know, saying to them, you know, well, it sounds like you have this part down and we can work on this here little part over here. Admitting, you know, my daughter had a physics problem. She had a C in physics. I was like, oh, we don't get C's in this house, so that's, I'm going to tutor you. She said, you have physics? I said, no, I never had physics. But I'm going to tutor you. She said, how are you going to do that? I'm going to 
sit back. I'm going to, what we're going to do is you're going to explain physics to me, and then I'm going to teach it to you after you explain it to me. Because I knew in the explanation, if she was trying to explain it to me, she would get some kind of, some kind of um, insight into what's going on. So we did that, and after a while, she got a better grade. She really did and improved. And I asked oh, her, what did she do differently? And she told me that actually, she actually started doing her homework because I was, it was so inconvenient for her to stop what she was doing and tutor me so I can tutor her that she just decided to do her homework. Never mentioned homework. I never talked about her. I decided to take out a little extra time, let her tutor me, and then um, she, and then I was supposed to be tutoring her. I never really understood it though. So there are simple things. They are fun. I giggle. I laughed. You know, the whole time she was trying to teach me physics, I laughed about it because I didn't know it. I couldn't understand it and stuff. Um, but she got some insight. That if you didn't want this, you know, unpleasant, softly unpleasant thing to happen, then you will have to start doing what you need to do to do better. It was just that simple. Right. And, and I know, oh, we have a caller on the line. I got so much to say to you because you are just hitting all of the points, but we're going to get this fabulous caller because I know they got questions. Uh, let's see okay. here. Let's see. Hello, you're on the air with Everyday Peace and our fabulous guest today. Did you have a comment, question? Yes, a quick question. Just a fabulous discussion. I know you said you got a lot you want to ask your guests. I'm going to ask my question real quick. How do um, parents dealing in today's world and today's culture where, um, you know, kids, uh, uh, they, they're able to ask more questions. You know, when I was growing up, you just didn't ask questions. You didn't, you just didn't make any comments about what your parents said. The old it's because I said so, that was it. But this is a different culture. So how do you deal with maintaining um, your authority, but also giving today's kids room to be able to express themselves, you know, at a young age? It used to be when a kid got to be, you know, a young adult, then you could ask questions. But now kids are asking questions at eight or nine. I mean, really probing questions. And in the past it used to be, well, that's just the way it is. So how do parents navigate that? Um, in today's culture? Oh, we got just about a minute. Um, that's a really good, that's, that's really a great question because one of the things I, I really like is to see now that young people, children, like you said, eight and nine years old, that they are thinking people. You know, we're kind of forcing them to think. They have so much access to information now that back in the day you didn't have. And so really some questions just never entered your head because you didn't have information about those questions. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I'm going to say is if you can, answer the question. You know, that's the first thing. Secondly, there's an implication, but maybe not so. I don't want to be, you know, harsh, but just in the event, there's an implication that maybe sometimes what, and I'm not going to use you, what a parent is saying is not quite equal to what they're doing. Admit it. Let's admit it. If the child is like, well, Dad, you know, you lied yesterday. <laughs> right, right. So why, why, should, why should I not lie? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, God, so, you know, old adage, mm -hmm, which is wrong. So you, you may have to own up because you, what you're finding is that they are paying attention. They are intelligent. And to say to your child, 
to do what I, you know what parents did was okay you are limited you can't say this you can't say that is to teach them to deny their own intelligence and teach them to deny their own thoughts we don't want to do that because then they have to they have to get back in touch with their thoughts right that but we're off the air and I, I when I come back on I'm gonna give the web address can reach parent train we are spiritual beings having a human experience welcome to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world create and build the life of your dreams Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Fabulous topic for us today, talking about, um, again, our adolescence and the uh, mental strain that the COVID pandemic has really caused them to be under. So while we work on that in the backgrounds and try to get our get him onto the line, we are going to go on and continue with our everyday peace topic, which is so very important, guys. We're talking about seizing the moment, carpe diem. We haven't said it that way before, but that's really what it is. Being in this moment and taking advantage of all that we have right now, not waiting for external validation, which we always do. We're Not always, but quite often we are in this, uh, we play this waiting game. Waiting for what? before we take off and we launch into, and I, and I got to tell you, I know that this is the case. It has been the case in my life many times over. It's been the case in people that I work with. Uh, when I go out and I do presentations, people come up to me and they talk to me about this, this place of waiting, right? I think Dr. Seuss did a whole book on that, right? <laughs> the waiting place, right? This place of nowhere, this whole just waiting. And when we look at our life, wherever you are right now, what is it that has you in this in this holding pattern, in this holding pattern of waiting for somebody else to do the work of opening the door. Now, I'll tell you what I hear a lot. And, and if this resonates with you, we're going to open up the, the phone lines. We can dialogue about this. But a lot of times I find that people are waiting because they don't know what the next step is. They just really don't know what the next step is. They are so overwhelmed with all of the pressures of just trying to maintain themselves in this moment. I mean, think about it. In the midst of the pandemic, we still have bills to pay. We still have aging parents. We still have teenagers. We just heard from our lovely um, guests there talking about trying to navigate and being the best role model and best parent for our children and empowering them to their next level, right? Trying to do that, trying to be a spouse and all of the other things that are going on. And even still, this is how beautiful this life's journey is. Even with all of that, there still is within us this desire, this burning desire for something. Now, if you've already hit it, call in, let me know. But many of us are still in that place of uncovering, unearthing our true self. And some people, believe it or not, have gotten so bogged down with everything that's going on in their life, that they can't even hear that voice inside of themselves that says um, that, hey, there's more. There's something else that you should be striving for. And I need your attention in this moment. Not that your life isn't good, but you came to this, this, this life experience to have great. 
right? Not just good enough. It's okay. We're all grateful for what we have. But until you are living in that space, in that space where it's almost like this is a dream, then you are still moving towards it. And that's okay, but you got to get out out of the spot that you're in right now and move into the next moment. And we do that in our heart and soul first, right? We do that by accepting ourselves first. We do that by letting go of the familiar because you know we hold on to that familiar, don't you? We hold on to that familiar even if it's painful. We hold on to that familiar even if the familiar is trying to let go of us. We hold on to the familiar because the brain likes continuity. The brain likes to be right. It's like the smarty pants kid. Remember you were in grade school and smarty pants, their hand always went up first, right? They're always the kid with the answer. And the brain wants to be that person in your life. It wants to have all of the answers. It doesn't like when it's faced with something that it can't uh, relate to or, or something that's totally new. You'll hear people say that. I, I run a relatively large organization and for, for my work, and I'll hear people say, you know, I do not like change. I just don't do change at all. I don't like any type of change. I don't like to do things that I don't know how to do. And then I always remind them that you knew not, you, you do, you're good at doing things that you didn't know how to do. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning when you first learned to walk, when you first learned to ride a bicycle, right? You are good at doing things that you didn't know how to do. That is, that's what we do. We learn all of the time. It's just that we've gotten this pattern in our, in our brain because we now associate not knowing with failure. And there is the magic of not knowing we associate with failure. We get frustrated with ourselves and we become our own, we become the bully of us, right? So we talked today about staying tuned, staying locked into this present moment and not missing the magic in this moment. And when you stay tuned and you in this magic in this moment, one of the things you'll be able to hear is when you when we start doing that self-criticism, when we start shrinking because we don't know the answer to something, when we start holding back uh, the uh, these the, the courageous dreams that we have we start holding back because one we don't know all the answers but we don't know how to do what we don't know how to do next we do know what the next step is the next step is just to be present in this moment without judgment without guilt without condemnation without shame that means it's okay to say i'm i'm here i'm here to listen to that inner voice even if I can't hear, I, I can hear somebody's mind right now from past conversations with people that say that frustrates them because now they feel like they're straining to hear that inner voice and it's not necessary. All of that is living in the mind. We want to push ourselves to live more in our body and watch our responses. That's how we can really go into this theme of the year of what are we waiting for and really embrace the answer nothing. I'm not waiting for anything. In this moment, you have everything that you need in order to take the first step. Everything. Remember that the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step and you have everything that you need in order to take that step. And right now, that is you have this moment. What do we do with this moment? 
how can we embrace this moment so that we can quiet the voices in the external world so that we can quiet the quest, the desire, the thirst within us to hear the external world, right? Because we are like, have our hands out waiting for waiting for um, the answer to come from some source beyond us, waiting for somebody to put the answer in our hands, right? From some, some source beyond us, instead of looking within and saying that the answer is gonna come from within, within ourselves. Right. So how do we do that? How do, how do we first take that step to be in tuned and turned on to this magical moment and all of the magical things that are happening in this moment? The quickest way that I know to do that is through breathing. Through the breath. Now, when many, many years ago, before I really started studying this philosophy that I have put together, everyday peace by God, you know, is not unique to me. It's all these universal pr principles that I, and philosophies that I started studying and saying, ha, it was so many things that were so similar. And I just tuned into them and made a little uh, process for myself. Before I started doing that, at, or at the very beginning, I realized that I spent a lot of my life, a lot of my day holding my breath. And maybe you may realize that about yourself too. I would hold my breath as a way of self-protecting, keeping my insides protected, setting a wall or a boundary between me and the external world, holding my breath. It is when I really started paying attention to my breath. And it's so easy to do this now because we all have cell phones, right? If you would just set a timer on your phone three times a day to start off with, just just said breathe. They, they have apps out there that's, that, that do that, but you could just set a timer three times a day on your phone just to check in and to breathe. And I like the, I like the block breathing, which is, and you can use any breath exercise you want. Just becoming conscious and aware of your breath will catapult you from wherever you were in the past or wherever you were in the future. Remember, the past really is depressive. It causes a lot of sadness sometimes, and we could talk about that in a moment. And if you're thinking too much in the future, it causes a lot of anxiety and anxiousness. In this present moment is where your peace resides, your wholeness, your completeness, your nothing missing, your nothing broken, your totality is in this present moment. So uh, a breath that I like to do in order to keep us in this present moment is um, this block breathing, which is and I do it with my mouth open, so all of the breaths are with my uh, through the mouth, but you can definitely do it, do it through the nose. It's, that's not going to impair anything, but a deep breath in to the count of four. Now, here is the interesting thing that we cannot um, be flexible on. As you're breathing in, what should be happening? Your belly should be extending outward, right? You're feeling that whole cavity up, and that breath is going all the way up to the head area, and you do that to the count of four. And then you hold it for the count of four. And then you exhale to the count of four. And I do the exhale through my mouth as well. Uh, if you choose to do it, you know, nose, mouth, mouth, nose, either way, it's okay. But I do open mouth the whole time. But the exhale, here's where you can't be flexible. As you're doing the exhale, you want to make sure that the belly is going all the way in and the navel, your, your belly button there is pushing towards the spine. That's how you get a complete exhale, a cleansing breath. And then you do that to the count of four. And then at the bottom of that breath, you hold for the count of four. So that's a complete square, right? That's a you know square or a block breath. And right there, when you're doing that, 
that breathing pattern and as you're watching it and I you can use whatever number you want you can do the count of three the count of six the number is not that important it's just that you have that consistency and that you're being aware of that breathing and I'll tell you what that does that concentration on breath the it's internal it brings your attention from the external world where time exists right either the past the future or the now it brings it right into the now into the present and it forces your attention into the body it's not only is it calming, but it is an exact way, an easy way to be in this moment and let go of the fear of what the outside world is telling you, of the need for outside validation. In that moment, you'll be surprised. All of your attention in that moment is directly on you. So as you refocus and start to do this as a practice, three times a day, three times a week, you could do just one, you know, you could do a set of four of those or just just one time if, you, if, you don't, if you're that busy and you can't give yourself that much self-love in the middle of the day. Believe me, I get it. I know these days can be really long and really, really busy. But the more, the, and that is self-love, by the way, connecting to the breath and allowing your body, you know, oxygen does so much, right? It carries blood, you know, the blood through the body so you can oxygenate the body, you can think clearer. And that's the whole point of our conversation today about the everyday peace moment is to be present in this moment so that we don't miss the magic that is occurring in this moment. So as we do that breathing, it centers us, it brings us back to the present moment. Once we do that, we calm down. We stop struggling for answers because the mind is occupied. The mind, so often I get communications from listeners and clients and they say, I can't meditate because I can't shut my mind out. Well, that's probably a good thing, right? We, your mind is active, it's doing its thing. What we want to do is give it something to do. We want to have dominion or control over, if you like the word control, control over the mind. We don't want the mind always abusing us and taking us down these paths that we don't, that are not profitable in this moment. So we give the mind something to do. It's a tool it likes to be used. We give it something to do. We ask the mind, I want you to watch and count these breaths. Make sure I got four going in. Make sure I'm holding four at the top of the breath. Make sure I got four going out. Make sure I'm holding four at the bottom of the breath. Now the mind is occupied. While the mind is occupied, it'll let you rest. It's almost like a mini vacation, trust me. If you've not done this breathing, I highly encourage you to do so. It gives your mind a rest, something uh, non-toxic to focus on, something non-triggering to focus on, and guess what happens? You get catapulted to the to the moment, to the present moment, right? And you're more likely to, no stress, you're more likely to begin to open that gateway within yourself where you could hear that creative next step, where you could hear the next thing to do, right? And I want to give you a real live example of this. Working with a client, this is a little while back, and he was getting ready to be laid off on his job. He knew it. He was in the office. Things were happening at his company, and 
he called me and I said, well, let's do the breathing. We did the breathing and he's very anxious. I said, what do you think you should do right now? He said, I just want to get out of here. I said, then that's what you should do. You should, you know, go out, walk out for a few minutes. And then when you're ready, when your body gets ready, you can return. He went outside, walked around and he wasn't out there very long. Um, he worked in a downtown area, bumped into a previous colleague from, from some years back who had previously worked for the same company, who was working at a new company, and the new company was looking for people. So I tell you that story to say that there's nothing coincidental. The body does have answers. The body is in tune with energies that the mind can't even perceive. Our task in the 2021 you know, um, theme of what are we waiting for? Our task is to get in tune with, in alignment with the body and be able to exit the head a little bit, give the head something to do because the brain is very important. It wants, it's a tool, give it something to do so that we can live in this space of intuitively being able to let go and move into the next moment. And as I work with leaders and, um, go into the space of working with leaders one of the things that i work with initially with them is being able to listen intuitively being able to listen within first there's so you know we're always talking about conflict i do a whole big training on conflict but one of the things that we're we're in internal conflict we have an internal conflict going on because the body really wants our attention and because we spend so much time in our brain, we are resisting that. We're saying that, no, I know that the answer comes through struggling. So I'm going to continue to struggle. I know that the answer comes through rumination and going in sleepless nights and, you know, lack of exercise and denying, you know, all of this. I know that the answer comes through that. And so I'm going to continue that process and not listen to the body when the body says, hey, I need some fresh air or, hey, I need I need a, a moment to put my head down. When we give in to, or tune into, I don't want to say give in because then we feel like we're failures, but when we tune into, when we tune, totally tune into what the body is telling us by being present in this moment, we'll find that one, life is supposed to change. Two, people are supposed to have different viewpoints, right? That's how we grow, right? We get differing viewpoints and we're able to, and when calm and in our creative space, we're able to utilize those differences to create an even better world. We're not all supposed to see everything the exact same way. You know, that would not lead to progress, right? So we do need these different viewpoints. But three, how we make the best of the situation is when we first are turning inward to not only become aware of what we are feeling and how we're feeling it, but to to honor what we're feeling and how we're feeling it, and then be courageous enough to share first with ourselves and then with others. Say, hey, this is what this is what I feel. This is what I I'm moving towards in my life. And we're talking about first of us, you, me, moving to our next level of greatness, making that leap from where we are to where we want to be. And just to reiterate, the number one thing I get from people is. I don't know what to do next. I'm telling you what to do next. The next thing to do is to stop. Stop the thinking, stop the busy work, right? Many of us are still doing the same busy work that we were doing at the beginning of 2021, or we're still 
fretting and worrying about the same things we're worried about at the beginning of 2021. We know it doesn't provide the answers, but the brain likes that cycle because the brain is familiar there. Right? The brain is a tool. We have to retrain it. Say, okay, we know what happens when we get up in the morning. The first thing we do is complain or listen to the news that puts us in a bad mood or, you know, engage in conversation that um, makes us feel less than, you know, makes us feel unworthy. We know what happens. But the brain's like, I know it's not good for us, but I'm familiar. I know how to react with those type of emotions. Let's shake things up a little bit. Let's start differently. Let's start doing the breathing. Start right there with the breathing. We all can make time for it. Even with these really, really busy schedules, and I know people are busy, we all can make time for some breath work. Tiny amount of time, less than five minutes of the breath work. We all can make time for it. Last week we talked about not taking things personally. And one of the things that I do with my clients is to write, to do an insult journal, right? And uh, keep a journal on what are the things that insulted you today? You know, because it's those insults that block us. We play them over and over again in our head at night. Some of us do, right? Well, why would they say that? How how could they think that about me? We play them over and over again. So we put them on paper, right? And then it, we realize, that, oh my gosh, you go through a whole week of doing that and you realize that some kind of way we're pre-programming ourselves to run into that type of situation day after day after day after day. So we change that narrative by getting aware of our breathing, and then staying present in this moment and looking for the good in everything. And when we can't find the good in everything, we just get curious about it. So if something happens, you say, oh my gosh, I can't find anything good about this. It still, it doesn't mean that we're not going to keep moving towards our desired goal. It doesn't mean that we're going to go backwards and let someone else um, stagnate us because we're waiting for their sense of approval or no. What that means is that, oh, well, I can't, I can't find it. I can't identify it right now, but I'm curious about when it shows up, if I'll recognize and be able to associate it with this moment. You see, letting go and moving into the next moment. This is our journey, guys. This is not a trial run. I know, you know, many people may believe in the next life and life after that, and that's okay. You know, nothing, you know, that that's totally possible. But this journey, the journey that we're on now matters. And we are here. Uh, Someone told this wonderful story one time about being on a cruise ship. And I never forgot it. They said, life is like being on a cruise ship. You know, when you pay for a cruise and it's an all-inclusive cruise, um, you could um, take advantage of everything on the cruise. You could eat in the finest dining areas because it was all included in the price of the cruise. Right. But if you don't know that, you may spend your entire cruise sitting in your room just eating cheese and crackers that you smuggled on in your luggage because you don't think you can afford the fine dining. You see, every this journey is meant to be full. It's there, of course there'll be challenges because that's how we grow and develop. The challenges aren't meant to push us push us into a little shell and have us hide away from our next level of greatness. The challenges are supposed to strengthen us and let us know how powerful we are because we talk about the challenge in retrospect, right? We say, hey, you know, in 1980-something, I went through this. I'm just throwing that that ear out there, you know, and it was really painful, but we missed the magic while we're telling that story. The magic is you went through it and it didn't destroy you. If it happened five minutes ago and you're thinking about it now, the proper way to think about that, the proper way to frame that experience is to say that, I went through that or I experienced that five minutes ago and it's still not resolved. But here's the beautiful thing. 
I'm not destroyed by it. I am strong through this moment. This is leadership, guys. This is leadership. And I teach leadership skills. I, I teach them to people who are already in executive positions who want to go who want to climb up the ladder i teach them to people who are running a household and want to lead their families to the next level of greatness and people who are just transitioning their own personal life they maybe they're going through a divorce coming out of a divorce and they just want to know how to lead themselves into their next level of greatness and fundamental to this teaching to this understanding and to this growth is learning how to lead yourself through these moments in life because it is each moment that adds up and creates an entire day, an entire week, month, year, and lifetime. So if we can learn how not to stagnate on our dreams, not to get stuck, not to give up, not to get scared because someone didn't validate it or someone spoke, spoke cruelly to us about it or someone wasn't as excited about it as we were, and then we get shoved back into our shell and we don't move forward. 2021 is our year. It is. It definitely is. And the way we move forward is recognizing that we take nothing personally. Two, staying in this moment. We're going to use our breath work to do that, to stay in this moment. If you've got to do it every five minutes or if you only can do it once a day, however much you can do it to stay present in this moment so that you can see the magic in this moment. In the best of times and in those times that don't feel like the best of times, that breath work will keep you connected to that inner creative energy of yours so that you can identify what it is that you want, so that you can commit to it. That commitment is necessary because we know that there will be challenges. The challenges have come to strengthen that muscle, to strengthen that skill set, to strengthen that focus. You'll need it because you'll because whatever you're doing that you believe is for you and your little tribe is ultimately for a much larger purpose. This is why it's so important that you don't give up on your dreams. So we've been talking today, doing our whole everyday peace moment for the second half of the show. And I, I do not believe that accidents happen. I believe that it's meant for me to hear myself say these words to you and for you to hear this being said. And if it's not for you, it's for somebody that you know. So I want to encourage you to go back, listen to this, share the information with somebody else, invite them to listen to this. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. I absolutely love you. And we'll be together next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.